Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 2nd of July 2022. And the title of this episode is Do Charities Get RPG Charity Bundle Money? Long Shadows Press is in the spotlight this month, as voted for by patrons. We are halfway through the year, but it's only the second day of this month, and Long Shadows Press don't yet know they're in the spotlight. All being well, I'll reach out to them and let them know. But here in Edinburgh, we're speeding towards August. What happens in August? The city becomes a festival city. Not just with the International Festival, the Movie Festival, the Science Festival and the Book Festival, but with the famous Fringe Festival. Simply put, the city goes epic level weird and very busy. One year, I couldn't get into my local store because a clown was stuck in the doorway. And that's the sort of thing that happens during the festival. There's two ways of surviving Edinburgh, the festival city, as a local. You either hide and hate, or you embrace and go deep. I'm doing the latter. I have a week off. But it is my first festival since my new life as a bachelor. Mm -hmm. And we'll have to see what happens and what I can afford. Speaking of affording things, I wanted to share a thought I had, and I do so without casping aspirations or concerns. What happens to the money you spend on charity RPG bundles? Now, I'm sure it goes to charities, but how much? And when? I'd love to know the impact I've made. Have I dug a well and bought a face mask or a test tube? It's a case that most bundle pages are removed when the bundle expires, and so the organiser can't easily post even a screen grab of their charity donation slip. Those could, though. Those with product pages don't. Uh, One exception springs to mind, Goodwin Games, and they've been great about being transparent with their food bank donations. Is this something that the bundle retailers could help with? Could we get you know, even tracks or scores about publishers who routinely raise money for charity and, you know, satisfy some basic checks to say that the money goes promptly to the charities when it was needed. I'm sure I would use a system like that to influence my decisions and persuade me to buy. What do you think? Is it too much to ask H or drive through RPG to help show evidence of charity work? Speaking of charity work, Make-A-Wish UK announced Wish 200 Week. You'll find the details of that on the blog, but essentially, it's a call to run a charity stream of your gaming session. The notes to editors in that press release contained essential tips about writing the story up, which included, but was not limited, the words one might use to describe just how ill the kids are, because not all the kids fully understand how ill they are. Isn't that a sombre thought? Less sombre, and a story of less important survival, one that follows from last week's news that Prezibox has been bought by the newly forged Gift Universe, the expected and predicted warehouse sale is now on at Prezibox. I've listed some of the goodies I think you might like, including a spellbook notebook and a gaming console wireless charger. I think the Prezibox brand will survive for now. ZineQuest will also survive, but it's moving back to February. Geek Native didn't cover the story until the Friday wrap-up, 
linking off to Charlie Hall at Polygon, but the move should be a good thing. February is a better point in the year for indie publishers to get their ZineQuest cash and projects underway. And Kickstarter promises it won't move again. Another off-site story worth talking about, and just briefly, is Hollywood Reporter's news that the RPG Alice is Missing is getting a movie treatment by Paramount. And that's great news, but long-term RPG fans will know we get these headlines fairly often. And the movie or TV series, rarely. Nevertheless, games are cool now, so let's see what the studios do. The final bit of off-site news worth mentioning comes from Dicebreaker, who were clearly watching and waiting. They've noticed that Jameson Stone is back on the Hypotheosis Studio website. That didn't take long. A few heartbeats ago, Stone was removed after credible first-hand accounts of abuse and manipulation were shared online. And in terms of the story, a flip side to the industry comes from Drive Through RPG and DM's Guild boss Steve Week stepping in to reassure, insist, and clarify that the code of conduct for publishers for those sites was not new. We have updated it to say, though, if you dox or are similarly evil to staff there, the company won't want to work with you. I don't see how this was controversial, but apparently it was. So Week stepped in to clarify and stick to his guns. Good on him. In the same sort of space, Wizards of Justice, a group of Wizards of the Coast employees, tactfully called for a day of reflection on the disappointment that Hasbro hadn't done more to defend human rights. They didn't call for a strike, just for reflection, but reading between those wide lines, that's what they wanted. Amazingly, the human rights in question are that of women in some states in the United States. So, that's just been a few stories of separation and discontent. Let's get positive and do a topic that audio EXP listeners won't be surprised by. Roll20 and the DMs Guild signed a marketplace agreement. That means you can buy once and get the content in Roll20 and module format and get a downloaded version too. In perfect timing, Demiplane announced that their digital toolkit Vampire the Masquerade Nexus was ready for early access. That's not an entire virtual tabletop, but it's getting there. It's also not the World of Darkness Nexus we were expecting, so I imagine Mage and Hunter might follow soonish, and Werewolf will be waiting to ambush us later. In new news, there is When the Wolf Comes. That's not a Werewolf 5e or even a Werewolf W5 story. It's actually the surprising news that Outland Entertainment which already has their own system and is already dabbling in 5e, will use the third system, the Shadow of the Demon Lord system, for Ian Sharp's Vikingverse books. When the Wolf Comes is the RPG of that matchup. Another surprising new RPG is Hollows from Rowan Rook and Deckard. It's surprising not because it's been three years in the making and we're just hearing about it now, but because it's not in their usual universe with heart and spire, and because it's a combat-focused hexed horror crawler. One more bit of news for you, not a table RPG, but a card meat board game game from Days of Wonder. It's Heat, Pedal to the Middle, and it's all about car racing in the 60s, where you have to balance out speed with not overheating. 
<laughs> I think it looks pretty cool, but I do worry about the ethics of anything on anything F1 related. Heat, at least, is F1 inspired. So, that brings us on to the bundle news. And we'll have to start with Steve Jackson Games. They have three in the bundle of folding. One is GURPS Essentials, with the core rules to that generic system. One is GURPS Fantasy, and the last, GURPS Space. In Humble, also raising ethical concerns, there's Frog God Games, with Treasures and Tehakal, a 5e bundle which includes a physical book. There's also a bundle Games Jam combo with RPG Maker Resurgent, which is hundreds of bucks worth of computer software to make computer games. The second last bit of news and the last bundle is Rolling for Seduction, which, yes, is sexy 5e rules to raise money for reproductive rights in the States. Make of that what you will. The last bit of news, and perhaps one to file under enough is enough, is the discovery that there's an official D&D breakfast set. That's a large mug and a ball. I didn't even know breakfast sets were a thing. And on that note, let's wrap up there. Enjoy your breakfast and see you next week.